Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. How's it going, Steph? It is going wonderful. I just dropped yesterday a whole bunch of Patreon packages in the mail, so those are on their way to everyone. Yes. Thank you to our Patreon donors. Mm -hmm. Especially in this crazy, crazy time. We appreciate it so much. We hope you enjoy your goodies that we've, well, Steph has sent you. (laughs) I signed your name on everything, Andrea. Thanks. I'll allow that. We also got a couple of reviews this week, so I thought maybe I could read one or two of those because they always warm my heart. Yes, we need some like heartwarming stuff during uh, yes. during lockdown. So yes, please read them. So the first one comes by someone by the apparent name of Boof. That's what it says. Okay, I'm into it. And it says, I can't remember how I stumbled upon this podcast, but I can't stop listening. It's excellent. Fun and informative. My wife and I love to travel and we are missing it a lot right now. And this podcast makes me feel like it's going to be okay. Oh, and guys, it is going to be okay. Steph and I are here to let you know that everything's going to be fine and we'll all be traveling again one day. And we definitely will. Yeah. So that's sweet. I like that one. And then I'm going to read this next one. I'm not going to tell you where they're from because I thought maybe you could guess. Okay. Okay. All right. Y'all's podcast is amazing. Y'all are just so easy to listen to. I always end up laughing. Please keep up the amazing work. Was that you attempting like a Southern accent? I'm really bad at that. You started it. I could hear your little twang. Um, I'm yeah. That that's got to be someone from the the deep south. Yeah, in the US. I, well, I know they're from the states, but um, yeah, that one was actually from Slytherin. So that was their name. So clearly, a Harry Potter fan there too, as well. Oh, I've never seen or read a Harry Potter, so that reference is completely lost on me. That is crazy to me. <laughs> I figure I've gone this long in my life not having read or seen one, so I'm going to continue on. 
<laughs> awesome. All right. And talking about feedback, we've got it. We've gotten, and I, every episode, we like, guys, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. And over the past year now, we've gotten a lot of messages on our Instagram, which I love. And I mm-hmm. love chatting with everyone. And I've noticed there's been some recurring questions coming up that we're being asked privately. Yeah, we get, um, and you know, we always uh, do our best to get back to you guys, but we thought we'd actually use this episode as a bit of a Q&A. And as Steph said, we get a lot of questions on kind of, you know, some of them just general travel questions, but some of them asking Steph and I, you know, and our own personal experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, we thought we would just do a few of them on this episode. Yes. So, So Steph, you have... A list of some of the common questions. So we can go through those. All right. So the first one isn't going to be a surprise to anyone. Everyone's wondering the same thing right now. We're getting a lot. It is, when do you think you will be able to travel again? Mm, I mean, okay. As someone living in a country that has handled this global pandemic as a total shitstorm, I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know when I'm going to be allowed to leave my house and go sit in a park so Steph you live in Australia you guys are mm-hmm. like you've you've lifted lockdown a little bit I think are you lifted lo- lockdown I mean New Zealand did our neighbors did okay so you guys are probably <laughs> closer than the UK I mean I feel like the UK is gonna be on fucking lockdown for the next six months at this point um so Steph yeah. I'm gonna let you take this and your thoughts because I have yeah. no idea <laughs> so Yeah, New Zealand, they were in stage four lockdown. They've recently come out to stage three. They have almost no new cases. Australia is kind of at the tail end of this. So we are really looking at easing restrictions in a better way than most places. I know a lot of places are talking about easing restrictions, even though it's still rampant. Right. Um, But we're in a really good position. So I think our restrictions will be eased, but in terms of being able to travel again, we've been told to be prepared not to travel for four months. Okay. Uh, that is going to be the last of the restrictions. That so when they, lifted. when so, they say travel, this is like getting on an airplane, international travel. I'm okay. Talking. Right. Um, yep. so I'm assuming we can't do anything until September. Although I have heard that they're working on a Tasman agreement. So maybe Australia and New Zealand can travel. We can okay. travel back and forth. So maybe there's going to um, be a lot of road trips happening. Instead may- of flying. I'd have to swim out there, but yes. No, I didn't mean to New Zealand. <laughs> I meant road trips within Australia. I didn't mean yes. New Zealand. I'm not that stupid. I do realize you need to get there by a plane or boat or swimming, as you suggested. <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah hopefully tons of road trips hopefully they get domestic flights going again i mean virgin australia has gone into administration here so you know it'd be good to get these businesses up and running and the people working when we can so even if we can't travel internationally till september hopefully that picks up domestically before then but yeah i'm not getting my hopes up for anything until september because i'd rather have low expectations and be surprised than vice versa yeah, and I think, I mean, the UK is probably going to follow suit. Um, and I think we're all just, as you said, you know, not expecting to really go anywhere until closer to the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown for. Uh, it's crazy over here. So it's going to, I guess the answer to that, it might be different for everyone, depending on where yeah. you live, um, depending on where you're looking to go to. I guess just keep on top of the news 
as I'm yeah. sure we've all been doing. We're, but, you know. <laughs> yep. All right. Next one. After our hostel etiquette episode, one we got this question a lot. How do you choose a hostel to stay at? How do you actually choose which one to stay at? Right. Because there's so many of them. There's a lot of mm. options. And we, I know we talked about, you know, choosing a party hostel versus a more laid back style. We did, we touched on that. But when you, when there's 20 different hostels, how do you know which one's the right one for you? Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe I would just, because I have a very simple process. Um... What I do is I always go onto Hostel World as my starting point. If I know I'm going to stay in a hostel, type in the city. And then the two filters I put on is I put everything up to eight. I only look at things rated 8.0 and higher. Anything lower, usually there's something shady going on. And then I filter by the price. What is the top range I want to pay? So I look at everything cheaper than that. And then usually that will narrow it quite specifically. Yeah. Um, to give me just a couple of options within that rating and that price. Yeah. And from there, I really um, read a lot. Like, I see if there's a standout. Like, if one says 9.8 and everything else is 8.1, well, you know, um, pretty easy. But from there, it's a lot of just looking through photos, reading reviews, seeing what sounds like me. Yeah. I think another thing to point out in there. So, like like you said, for, well, for me, the, the main things are, uh, yeah, what kind of holiday do I want? You know, I'm 34 years old. Do I want to stay in a party hostel with a bunch of 18-year-olds now? No. Um, So I usually will try to filter those out. I look for, as you said, the review stuff. Mm-hmm. And I read on there. And I lo- and you can add in a lot of filters on Hostel World, as you said. You can also, I use booking.com a lot because you can filter out hostels specifically on there. Just use all your comparison sites. There's tons of them out there. But the other thing to do when you're reading these reviews and as you said, Steph, one might stand out at be like a nine, you know, a nine star or whatever, but also look at how many reviews have been left, yeah. right? Because if it mm-hmm. only has one review yeah, and it comes out higher than say uh, a hostel that has 400 reviews, but they're an eight star, you need to, yeah. you need to look at that as well. Look at how long the hostel has been open. Um, and then what I normally do as well is I'll take my research off of the comparison site and I'll start Googling, you know, the, and this isn't just necessarily hostels, either hotels, any Everything, accommodation, yeah. but I try to read up on, um, these places, you know, a lot of them have Facebook pages so you can see, you know, if they've got any like recent events that have been happening, um, just thorough research, I think. Mm-hmm. And reviews are definitely important. That's how I've, I've been able to pick out a few of the hostels I've stayed at that were good for like people over 30 some of the um, amenities they had at these hostels i remember the one in berlin had like a craft brewery like beer making class thing i'm like that's cool that's what i want to do like in my 30s um yeah reviews are great but just make sure that there's lots of reviews and you're not just looking at you know the overall rating the stars and another big one i look at when i'm choosing to is distance from the city center yeah they will all say that because some of them will be, you know, 0.2 kilometers from city center. So, you know, it's right in the downtown. You can kind of walk most places you want to go. And some will say like three, four or five kilometers out. And it's like, okay, either I'm going to have to walk that all the time. And will I yep. feel safe walking that? Or I'll be taking a lot of Ubers. So the distance yeah. to the city center, and uh, that's a big one for me too in deciding. I mean, ultimately, guys, you get what you pay for, right? So 
and that's the thing hostels some hostels can be just as expensive as you know getting private rooms somewhere or like a hotel depending on the location depending on the kind of hostel like again hostels aren't just all the same you know i think hostels have this people have this idea of hostels where they're all just like dingy you know 20 people in a room dirty and that's not true you can get some very like boutique like high-end hostels as well um so they're not just bear that in mind if you are looking at hostels or you've never stayed in a hostel and you would like to try Mm -hmm. bear that in mind that you know you can get some they're a bit pricier but sometimes it's worth it depending on what type of um yeah what type of holiday you're looking for yep love it so that is how we choose very yeah i mean and reviews (laughs) a lot of a lot of information there but yeah ultimately it's just down to doing research as we always say Mm-hmm. And let us know if you're going to any, uh, especially cities in Europe. I'm sure Steph and I can probably recommend, um, you know, a few hostels for you. Definitely. Okay. So what do you ladies, this is one we get, what do you ladies do for safety in countries that don't typically, aren't typically thought of as safe places? Mm. This is, and this is, ugh, this is one where I always tell people Whatever you want to do to make you feel safe, do it. Because uh, I remember once and I had a back and forth with a woman and it was good. It was a really engaging conversation where someone made a comment about wearing a wedding ring in Egypt so that men would think you were married. And I kind of laughed. I thought that was the silliest thing ever. But I thought that was the silliest thing ever because of my experience in Egypt when other people have had different experiences. And it just kind of I was like, you know, what? whatever people want to do safe. You do? Yeah. Like, I would never want to tell anyone not to do something, but... Yeah, I guess, I mean, my... I remember remember when I went to um, Morocco, it would have been 2011, I think. So very soon after I moved to the UK. And I guess a lot of this will have to do with traveling solo as a woman, which I did in Morocco. And I that did cross my mind. I'm like, am I going to feel safe? Um, and like secure, like being there on my own, especially as a six foot tall blonde woman walking around, like everyone kind of said to me, like, you're going to get a lot of attention. Um, I mean, my first tip, especially in more modest countries is just be modest. Like that's, it's such an easy thing to do, but if, and here's the thing as well, I don't want to say Morocco is an unsafe country At no point did I ever feel unsafe while I was there, but I did have a few moments where I felt uncomfortable I did get a lot of attention so even though I was you know I did my best to be modest and I was wearing you know long dresses and I covered my shoulders and all that it's still I was just getting a lot of you know unwanted attention and at the time I was staying in a hostel and so I think hostels are a great place to stay if you are going to countries where you might be worried about safety because you can Mm -hmm. meet other travelers and sort of befriend them and then you've got a group to hang out with. And that's exactly what I did in Morocco. I met uh, these two Romanian guys that were living there at the time and they were super nice. And I hung out with them at night where I'd go out, you know, walking around with them in, in the square down in the markets. Um, and I didn't get any attention then from all like the locals and the men because I was mm-hmm. there with other people. So I think staying in a hostel is such a good idea um, yeah. in a lot of these countries so you can meet people. And the other tip I would say, and again, this is what I did in Morocco. I booked a lot of t- like tours with tour groups. So mm-hmm. I would be with people. So again, even though I traveled to Morocco solo, 
I was constantly with people. Um, and I did a couple, I think I did like a day walking tour where I was with a group of other tourists. And then I did like a two night camping trip up in the, in the desert and, in, um, and through the Atlas mountains. And I yeah, was with I a group then. So I was never really alone. And I think just being with people obviously makes you feel a lot safer, uh, regardless if they're other tourists or people that you meet, uh, travelers in the hostel, um, really just go out of your way to, you know, try to find other people there. And that all sounds very similar to what I did in India. And when I first arrived in India, um, I landed in Mumbai and I had booked a hotel and I can't remember my logic. I think a hotel in Mumbai was about the price of what I'd pay for a hostel in most other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I booked a hotel and I was doing tours and they were really good and great. Um, but th- I don't know what it was. There was just something I didn't like about being in the hotel alone at night. So right. when I flew to Delhi, I actually just, dis- well, and then a week in Mumbai, I did at a yoga retreat. So even though I, you know, went, there were other people everywhere. Um, and then when I flew to Delhi by myself, I actually booked a hostel there. And with the hostel, they offered airport pickup so that they, I would have someone waiting for me at the airport. Yeah. And that's a big one. I did the same in Morocco. In countries I'm a little bit unsure about, I always make sure I do the airport pickups. Yeah, same. Um, and then I got to the hostel and then same, once I was at the hostel, I made so many friends and I did everything with other people. So even though I went by myself, I was always in a big group. And I'm still friends with some of them to this day. Like just amazing humans. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the only other advice I would give, whether you're traveling solo or with other people and you're going into, this doesn't even have to be countries considered unsafe. You should really do this anywhere. But what is the emergency number? So we've talked mm-hmm. about this before. It's not 999 or 911 everywhere. Or what is it in Australia? Triple zero here. Triple zero. It differs everywhere. And that's like one of those things. I mean, we've talked about uh, the whole Kim Kardashian incident in France. She couldn't even call the emergency number after she was held up at gunpoint because she didn't know it. She called her sister. Yeah. So it's so important that you guys know that number. And then also where either the embassy or the consulate for the country that you're from or where you hold that passport, where it is in the city or where the closest one is, because it might not be in the same city. Um, And as someone that's lost a passport before, that's something I wish I had known. I didn't have to, you know, research in, in a crisis. Um, So yeah, those are my other two tips. I mean, again, that doesn't have to be just for unsafe countries. And one thing you can also do, and same thing, you can do this for any country, is register with your government, your home government, of where you're going to be. And Ian touched on this in his episode, being repatriated back from Peru, Mm -hmm. is that when your government knows you're there, if there's, I'm talking a big world issue, um, it's easier to get that sorted. It's easier to get out. They already know you're there. You're on the list from the get-go. Yeah. Um, so just registering. So for example, even right now in the midst of COVID-19, I'm registered on the Canadian government as a Canadian abroad. Um, just so that they, they're aware. Right. Yeah. Smart. I mean, there's so many safety tips. I think the other one I would say, try not to look like a tourist, especially if you're in in, uh, (laughs) a place that, you know, it might feel a little bit unsafe or uneasy. Try not to be that guy standing in the middle of the street, looking at a map. I mean, most people do this all on their phones now, but yeah, yeah, that, that, what, that, yeah, that point you just made there really reminds me of that mugging story in Brazil. I 
told it on another episode, but it, that just well, that one hits close to home. Don't look yeah. like a tourist. So here's an interesting one we get, which is funny, and it warms my heart as well. So we get people asking, they're like, Canada seems like an amazing country. Why would the two of you want to leave Canada? And uh, I like this one. Well, the first part of my answer to that is the grass is always greener. Yeah. I mean, I we just did. And don't get, I love Canada. It's my home. But I guess the main reason I came over to the UK was to be able to travel more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's so much easier to travel, especially at the drop of a hat from London to other European countries, but also, you know, to other places around the world. Whereas it's just, it's a lot more expensive to do from Canada. You're a bit, yeah. I mean, where we're from, we're landlocked pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I certainly didn't move to Australia for any of those reasons you just listed because I'm as far away from everything as it gets now. Um, But I feel like I've just always had a calling to travel and to see and explore the world. And you can't always do that just on short trips. So I've I've moved a number of times to a number of different countries. And I mean, anyone who listens to our podcast knows why how I ended up in Australia. But yeah, just where I met a boy. Steph met a boy. That's why she's there. Yeah, I'm a travel cliche. Um, and I would say as well, here's the thing I find funny with, what, you know, when people talk to me about Canada. Now, don't get me wrong. Canada is a stunning country. It is beautiful. Steph and I are not from the beautiful part. <laughs> we're <laughs> no, we're from, not. When people talk to me about the Rocky Mountains and like, they're like, oh, do you ski? You must be a snowboarder. I'm like, no, I'm not from the West Coast. Steph and I didn't grow up near the beautiful, like, picturesque mountains that you see. We grew up near Toronto, which is a city. Um, Well, I will say in Ontario, where we're from, we do have the beautiful lakes and forests. So when you see the, uh, you know, pictures of moose and beaver, Steph and I are from, like, near moose and beaver town. (laughs) (laughs) And we also grew up near Niagara Falls. So we've got that. But... Mm -hmm. Whenever I speak to people and they're like, oh, I'm going to go visit Canada. I'm going to go there for vacation. I'm like, where are you going? They're like, Vancouver. Everybody always goes West Coast. And they'll which ask makes me, sense. Yeah. Which, and I'm like, go for it. I, I always tell people, if you're going to go to Canada and it's huge, you need a lot of time to be able to do all of it. I say, if you're on limited time schedule, go to the West Coast, go see the Rockies. But yeah, I'm, you know, we, and then people will ask me advice on like, well, where should I go in Vancouver? And what should I do on the West Coast? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not from there. I've actually never been to Vancouver. <laughs> I've been to British Columbia. I've never been to Vancouver. And I'm not from the West Coast. And as you guys can see, Canada is massive. So Steph and I are from Southern Ontario. It's nowhere near the West Coast. I can't give you any tips on the Rocky Mountains and skiing and snowboarding. I can give you tips on where to go in Toronto. Um, and like near Toronto, but I don't know anything to add on that stuff. I'm t- I just took a shot every time you said West coast and Toronto and I'm hammered. Now. Nice. West coast, Toronto. <laughs> that was I mean, a very passionate. Even like East coast, answer. like East coast, Canada, like Nova Scotia and all that. I'm like, I don't know. I've never been there either. I think people forget how big Canada is though. Right. And then mm-hmm. we totally forget about. The, all the provinces in between you got manitoba saskatchewan and alberta <laughs> would i tell people to go there on vacation if you've got the time and you want to do a cross-country trip yes but would i suggest just traveling to like manitoba or saskatchewan for like a holiday i don't know 
And I spent some time out in Saskatchewan <laughs> for a few months. So, <laughs> I mean, okay. So Canada is awesome, and that explains why we left there. <laughs> have you have you been to Manitoba before, Steph? Manitoba, no. I've been to Saskatchewan. Have you been to Alberta? I haven't, but I want to. Have you been to Nova Scotia? I haven't. Have you been to New Brunswick? No. Have you been to Prince Edward Island? No. Have you been to Quebec? Yes. Oh, you've been to Quebec. Have you yeah. been to the Northwest Territories? No. Have I haven't been, been to any of the territories. Have you, you been to, have to, to Nunavut? <laughs> no. <laughs> have you been to the Yukon? No. Or yeah, have I? There's... No, I haven't. Oh um, I feel like we, you and I have talked for over 15 years about doing a Canada road trip, and one day we'll do it. Yeah. Like, my <laughs> okay. point is, the point is I'm trying to make where everyone only just sees, like, the one part in, like, Vancouver, and they're like, that's all of Canada. And it's not. It's totally different all as right. you go through. Okay. I think that answers that. Yeah. Huh. I mean, Canada okay. is, uh, <laughs> it's beautiful, and most of it, it's all very different. So what I'm saying is... Look into Canada more than just the West Coast. Do some research on the other parts of Canada. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, on a more lighthearted note, we talk a lot about budget travel, and people want to know if we ever fly business class. I've only flown business class one time, um, and that was my recent trip uh, to Costa Rica. From Tr- I was already in Toronto, home for Christmas. We flew business class to Costa Rica only because those were the three seats left on the plane and we got them for the same price as we would for economy mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a big fancy plane but it was nice we I, rem- yeah. I remember when um the plane uh took off and the uh air hostess came out and she shut the curtains to the back in economy and then she just looked at all of us and said let's get this party started and then she made <laughs> us all she made us all bloody marys or caesars oh. it must have been caesars but yeah and I was like, that ooh, I could fun. get used to this. And yeah, it was great. <laughs> I've flown, I've only flown, uh, it was um, first class once. And I was flying home from the Czech Republic back to Canada. Mm. And it was, I didn't pay for it, not a chance. Um, but I got bumped up because I was flying by myself and the flight was actually oversold. Right. And so I sat down in first class. I'm like, oh, this is balling. Um and then on came the junior boys hockey team. I might have told you this before. Mm. The, the junior boys Canadian hockey team on their way home from running the gold medal in Russia. Right. So about five minutes, I'm like, this is really cool. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Until you realize the junior boys hockey team are all 15, 16 year old boys. And one of them, I shit you not, was trying to do songs farting from his armpit. And I was like, this is not cool anymore. <laughs> they were all just little boys. I would have been about 22 at the time. Um, but it was pretty cool. I remember them like bringing around all the amenities. And they had um, like really expensive alcohol all on a display yeah. up front for you to choose from. And I didn't know everything was free like because I've never been up there. So I was actually watching the flight attendant coming down and serving other people. And like, I was literally leaning over looking to see if they were paying her. I'm like, oh, just to check. I mean, it's one of those things I never really want to experience like an Emirates first class um, experience Mm -hmm. because I feel like once you do, then you'll never want to go back to economy. And frankly, I can't afford that type of lifestyle. So (laughs) I'm good with my 
business class I flew from Costa Rica to Toronto and back, which nothing fancy, just like a much bigger seat. I'm happy yeah. with that. I, I, I will. Yeah. I feel like I, maybe at some point in my life, I'll be able to live up to that again, but nothing yeah. like an Emirates. I mean, have you seen those Emirates planes? I have. Oh I, my God. One day. <laughs> I mean, they're like the ones that they've got like the showers in there and they, you know, it's like a little apartment. It's probably like bigger than my flat in London. Some of these. <laughs> I, I did pay to upgrade. So when I flew from Canada back to Australia this past August, anyone, we're going back a couple months now, but I totally missed my flight. Like, oh, yeah. I, Listen to our missed flights episode and hear about Steph's awesome story. Yeah. So I missed my, I was at the airport, checked in, and I missed my flight back to Australia. So I had to leave the airport and then come back the next day. And I think just in the chaos and the exhaustion of it all, I was like, F it, I'm going to pay the money to upgrade to premium economy. Um, So I did that. I like, that is my definition of balling out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's about it. Hopefully one day we'll make enough money from this podcast that, you know, we can ball out in first class. Give it another no. six months. You know, we'll see. Six months. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Dream big. Dream big. All right. This what's... one, this is a question that came up in conversation with someone. And I thought this was very interesting. And I don't know if you saw this conversation, Andrea. So tell me what you think. Do you think the type of vacation one takes reflects one's social status? No, I'm going to say no. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, because I don't... I think... I think... There's a lot of people, there's people that come to mind when I read this that I think the type of vacation people take often reflects desired social status. Like I find a lot of people Mm. will pay for vacations. They can't afford, like people will go into debt for vacations. Yes. That they can't afford. And it's like, like I, I'm not a big advocate of going into debt. Yeah. And I think it's the other way around as well. I've definitely met, um, 
travelers in hostels I've stayed at or just, you know, on my travels, whether it's like a tour group or whatever, um, that are quite modest. And it turns out mm-hmm. they've not, not that I know how much money they have, but they're, they've been quite well off or they like run their own business. And they just like that lifestyle of being integrated with other travelers, staying at hostels. And, you know, it's funny because you look at, they always joke like some of the richest people in the world, like Bill Gates, they don't look rich. Mm. He doesn't look rich. He's walking around in his, what is it? Those cargo pants. What are they? Checkers? Deckers pants? What are they called? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Like khakis? Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. There's like a brand name for them. You get the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. It goes the well, other way and- around. It goes the other way around. The people that that aspire to this like luxury lifestyle doing these holidays, a lot of them might not actually have that much money and they're going into debt over it and then vice versa where you might meet a backpacker um, and they've got tons of money. Steph, do you remember the mm-hmm. guy we met in Dublin? Yeah. He had a ton of money that he, his, uh, I just thought of that where he was staying, he wasn't staying anywhere super fancy and he was kind of doing everything like on a budget. But then he told us after a lot of drinks, he had inherited a fuckload of money and was basically like a millionaire. Well, what he was doing, he was someone who'd come into money. So he was still doing what he would have done before, which I love. Like, right. I love that. Like, yeah. he wasn't just spending money because he had it. I will say I've I've also had um, on couch surfing. And I know a number of people who use couch surfing regularly have had this experience where I remember requesting to stay with someone and he accepted and I said, my only thing is, is there going to be somewhere to park my car? And he's like, yeah, yeah, there's street parking here and there's always somewhere available. Um, He's like, I hope you don't mind. Like the sleeping space is kind of like common. Like sometimes we have multiple couch surfers. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. As long as I can park my car somewhere safe to sleep, I'm happy. And I pulled up to the address and it was... The driveway was fit about 14 cars. Right. And it was a McMansion. Wow. And there was probably about 20 bedrooms in this house. And it was just this really wealthy person who lived alone. And when he wanted company, he would, he would, and what the thing is, I didn't request to stay with him. I had put a public post out and he saw it, read my profile and was like, hey, I have a place. It's a little outside of the city, but if that's okay with you. And I read all his reviews, everything amazing. Um, so I was comfortable with it. But yeah, super McMansion. And when he got lonely, he would like have couch surfers, host huge dinner parties. Um, like it was the craziest experience and just a wonderful human being. And, um, but obviously he didn't have photos cause he didn't want people requesting to stay with him because he, he had, had this incredible place. So yeah, there yeah. you go. I mean, you would have like, I guess uh, some people might assume people that use couch surfing don't have money. Um, and that's why they're on there. They're like, Oh, I want to stay on mm. someone's couch and not have to pay, but actually yeah. you could have a millionaire staying with you and you wouldn't know it. And they just, as you said, stuff, they just want to meet people while they're traveling and just be around people. Well, and it was super interesting because I had this conversation and I get why, you know, he wouldn't put photos up. You'd get everyone requesting to stay, but, um, he just said he loved having, cause I said, well, well, have you ever thought about doing Airbnb? And he's like, I don't need the money. And he's like, what I like about couch surfing is that everyone's so interesting. Like yeah. everyone who's coming through is either doing something interesting or they're part of something. And he's like, I love hearing those stories from people, which yeah. is how I am. So I love that. And I was like, yeah, this, I never would have came across this person otherwise, but, um, yeah, very humbling. 
It's like how I don't put my uh, my photo up on couch surfing because I don't want people just to stay with me because of how good looking I am. So it's like the same thing. I get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kidding. I'm not even on couch surfing. I need to get I know, on there. I know. Once I have more space in my new, I'm moving soon. So once I have a spare bedroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next question. And guys, I'm just kidding. I'm not that vain. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be our final question, actually. Okay. And. I asked this one last because it made me laugh because I had I was like I don't know what I'd say mm. if you had to tell people what touristy things to do in your hometown what would it be <laughs> Brantford Ontario well technically my hometown is Ottawa because I was born there and then I moved to Brantford <sighs> when I was had this five discussion. <laughs> just saying so Ottawa there's lots to do it's our capital um but, okay, we'll do Brantford. It's a technicality, yeah. but let's talk. Brantford, Ontario. Sell um, it, Andrea. Oh, God. What would I tell people to do? Uh, okay. Brantford is, I mean, it's definitely not a tourist hotspot in Canada. Um, no. It's kind of one of those in-between places I was talking about earlier uh, when I was going on about <laughs> Canada and, like, the really beautiful parts. Um, but, okay, Brantford has always had a bit of a uh, a rough patch, if you will, um, and it has kind of this negative, I mean, honestly, I've met people in the UK, other Canadians, and they're like, where are you from in Canada? And I say like, oh, Brantford, Ontario. And I get the, oh, <laughs> and like the cringe <laughs> because people do know Brantford is kind of rough around the edges, maybe not a spot you want to go, but I feel like over the last few years, it has cleaned up quite a lot. Um, and it does have a lot of history. And one thing I will say, so in Brantford, we have the biggest six nation reserve, um, -hmm. native native reserve in Canada. And I actually used to work on the reserve. I worked at a, the little tiny radio station, um, in Oshwegan. Um, Mm -hmm. and I learned a lot about native history just from working there. And yeah, so a lot of the, my colleagues that were indigenous, they taught me a lot about the history of Six Nations. Um, and one of the things I actually did uh, in the summer, we were sponsoring uh, one of the big powwows that they put on. And I mm-hmm. got, I went to my first powwow, and it was one of the funnest things I've ever done. I It was amazing. Yeah, there was tons of dancing and activities, um, and it was really cool. And they have these going on a lot of the time in the, in the summer uh, in Brantford or nearby on the reserve. And I would definitely tell people if you're going to, go there to check out some of the history on the native reserve you know and again there's there's also mohawk chapel which is one of the oldest Mm -hmm. chapels uh in canada i think it is which is nearby the reserve so there's i think just look into the history of indigenous people because that's a big part of brantford history i mean we're named the the name brantford alone is named after joseph brant who was uh a mohawk Indian chief who has a lot of history and a lot of influence on, you know, Brantford as a city. So that's what I would suggest doing, because I feel like some of that stuff really gets overlooked, um, Mm -hmm. either by people traveling to Brantford or even locals that live there. And again, I as someone that worked on on the reserve, this is where I learned a lot about it. And it's actually really, really interesting. It's just a bit of history. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, like I would love to do that. That would actually be something I'd be really interested in when I go home at Christmas, hopefully, because that's one thing we didn't really learn much about. I don't. Like, growing up, we didn't learn a lot. We live near the biggest reserve in Canada, and I feel like we didn't really learn much about Six well, Nations or. I mean, yeah, I don't think they they taught a lot uh, about 
the history because it has such a bad history though as well um oh, right like it, yeah. it's and so they probably didn't teach it in school and it's the same with you know only only recently have we has canada acknowledged things like residential schools yeah back when we were in high school we definitely wouldn't have learned about any of this because it was probably a lot of it was swept under the rug of it so um you know coming from a place like brantford there's so much mm. history yeah. about the indigenous people um and really we actually brantford sits on their land technically because yeah. uh we live on a river the grand river mm-hmm. and they technically own i think it's six miles on each uh yeah end of of the river which brantford sits on so we are technically on native land yeah so we should know a lot more about it and so should people traveling to brantford well, and one thing I'd actually tell people to go to, and one of the more interesting things I discovered on one of my trips home was that across from the Cenotaph is there's this huge new installation they've put up. I don't know what the formal name for it is, but it basically documents famous Bramfordians throughout history. So it starts early on. It's chronological and it goes all around and walking around it too. There was a a lot of people I didn't realize that were from Brantford, so it was really interesting. Other than Wayne Gretzky and Phil Hartman, um, yes, lots but- of people don't realize Phil Hartman, <laughs> aka Troy McClure from The Simpsons. He is from Brantford. <laughs> yeah, but um, tons of well-known Indigenous people have come out of Brantford as well. I mean, under it makes sense once you realize it's the largest reserve in um, the country, but. Yeah, there was, and it was really interesting reading about all these people. And it's an installation you can go; it goes around. I can, I can't do it justice explaining it on a podcast, but that is one place I would definitely tell people to go and check out. You can learn about Jay Silverheels. Yes, he was Tonto. He was Tonto in the Lone Ranger. He went to my high <laughs> <Yeah>. school. <laughs> he went to BCI. Uh, can you name it? What are some other famous Canadian stuff? We've got Wayne Gretzky, Phil Hartman. Wayne Gretzky. Well, yes. I'm sure you mean Brantfordians, not just Canadians. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Uh, um pauline johnson what did she do she she was a poet stuff (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't know that and i knew i've learned at some point but forgot we've got Um, james james hillier steph do you know what he did he started a school he no there's a school (laughs) named after him in brantford he invented the electron microscope oh i did not know that well alexander Mm -hmm. graham bell obviously Yep. Invented the telephone. Brantford's famous for the first long distance call was made out of Brantford. And where was he from? He wasn't he from Michigan. No, he's Scottish. <laughs> the one time he someone's was... actually Scottish, I don't say Scotland. <laughs> he's from Scotland, but he lived, uh, I believe it was Paris. Yes. And maybe he lived in Brantford, or pa- but he did the first... Uh, call on Brantford Paris soil when I say Paris Paris Ontario it's the town next to Brantford yes the first long distance phone call was from Brantford Ontario to Paris Ontario so that's our kind of claim to fame and for anyone who ever visits we have a big Alexander Graham Bell memorial that Mm -hmm. looks suspiciously exactly like the Lincoln memorial um yeah I used to think it was Abraham Lincoln growing up and I was always like why is uh an old american president a statue in brantford ontario canada yeah it's not (laughs) yeah yes and for those of you that don't know wayne gretzky he's the most famous hockey player of all time and considered the greatest athlete to come out of canada Mm -hmm. and steph you grew up right down the street from them didn't you yeah i did and they call him the great one that's his name 
Yeah. Okay. Number 99. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's Brantford. There's a lot of history there, guys. Yeah. We. I feel like we did it more justice than I was expecting. Yeah. Even though you thought that Alexander Graham Bell was from Michigan. Or Chicago. Fine. He lived somewhere else. He lived somewhere else before he came to Brantford. He did. Uh, yeah. Scotland. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note... <laughs> Guys, if you have any other questions, do let us know. We will reply to you. Maybe we'll do another episode, a Q&A. We one like day. Q&As. And guys, get excited for next week. Next week is our one-year anniversary. Woo! Bring your party hats and your party horns and your party pants, because it's going to be a party. <laughs> See you next week. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, so if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.